0: Welcome to the Movement Toward Change podcast, a means to cultivate community and start conversation. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rachel. And today we have the honor of talking to Amani Takayishi. She's a dancer, educator, choreographer, and Pilates instructor based in Boston, Massachusetts. She's currently a company member with the City Ballet of Boston and on faculty at both Boston College and Boston University. Amani has danced professionally with Eugene Ballet, Ballet Tuxin, and A&A Ballet. She holds a BA with honors in dance and performance studies from Kent University and her master's in education from Bath University.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. So um, welcome Amani. Our first question, what inspired you to pursue a career as a professional dancer and then later as a choreographer?
2: right so i don't as i'm hearing this question i try to recall like a specific moment in my life that i was really inspired to become a professional ballet dancer and i couldn't remember any of that moment i think people usually have like your first time seeing such such a ballet that you wanted to become a ballet dancer or something like that but i think I just started dancing when I was four, and then I started going to school for ballet when I was 13, so that school was for to become a professional ballet dancer. So I just grew up with it, and I knew I always wanted to become a professional ballet dancer, but I don't have any particular inspiration from like outside that I wanted to become a party dancer. I guess I was just always inspired to be one, like just by myself, if that makes any sense. And then as for the choreographer, again, like I, if I'm honest, I didn't ever see myself to become a choreographer because um, choreographing was something that I, didn't think i was good at doing it growing up we used to have a choreography class and then i never knew what to do (laughs) but then i started teaching ballet classes and then just the choreography opportunity just came up along with ballet teaching for like a dance recital show at the end of the semester or stuff like that so i say i guess my body teaching inspired a lot of me to do a choreography, but it was never like I want to choreograph something. It was just like coming along with what I'm doing already. I love
1: that the inspiration came from within. I feel like now in so like external, seeing things outside, but I like that you just like listen to your intuition. That's really great.
0: And how did you start to make the transition from teaching at local dance studios to teaching choreographing at the collegiate level?
2: Right. So the transition wasn't something that I was, again, looking for to change specifically. I just started teaching at my like local dance studios and... That was 2019, and then the COVID hit, so everything changed then. I was still teaching online a lot, and, um, one lady, Margo, she called up me one day and then said, are you interested in teaching at Boston college ballet classes? (laughs) And then I was so desperate for teaching during COVID. Everybody's looking for a job, right? So I just said, yes. And then same thing happened with um, Boston University. She's like, they're also looking for PRT's instructors if you want to apply. So Margot really told me to apply for these both two places. And then I know I knew there was also another people who was applying for both positions. So I was really nervous because I didn't have like great career of teaching. I just started teaching, and then the COVID hit, and then. There there was I like I was trying to apply for like more bigger places. So it's it's just a Margo. I'm really appreciative for her for like suggestions like how um, on applying to bigger places and I yeah, it's just happened like that.
1: Um so have you come across any particular challenges during your teaching career I'm sure you know the uh, transition from kind of a different age group perhaps presented a challenge or um, just teaching dance coming back from a pandemic where we were on screens and wearing masks and now we're you're moving in person so um, yeah any challenges in particular that you might have faced and also um, is there anything that helped you to work through those challenges
2: Right. So the age difference was a big thing that at the local studios, it was I was teaching three to four years old, five to, six, seven to eight, something like that. And college students, they're much older. So um, I think with the younger kids, I had a very hard time because you're not really teaching, you're teaching the ballet class, but you're also teaching with the music they're familiar with, also like the baby Shark, so like one of those things that I didn't grew up with because I was born in Japan and, and you know, I grew up in Tokyo. So trying to get like all these like things that young children were used to. Try to put that into the body context was like the hardest things for me because I I had to learn like the baby sharks songs and then like for Halloween like what I'm gonna teach and stuff like that. So choosing music for them was very hard for me. But then teaching at the college like I had the privilege to have a live pianist, so the music wasn't problem anymore. But then again, I. It's just a the ballet. I've like I've danced the ballet since I was four, so it's so like natural to me. Some of the steps are, and then try to make it explicit, like what's been implicit in my body. I found it sometimes very hard, and then I still have that challenges. And then I had a, like a great moment where I had a guest teacher coming in to teach for at the BC just two weeks ago. And in ballet class, he was just saying that like how you have to finish the exercise very nicely. And I've told him that before, but it kind of just slips away. But then he was saying that it's like you're baking a cake and you want to give it to somebody. But it's like if you don't finish the exercise very nicely, you're just smashing the cake into their faces. And then I thought that was very funny. But then I saw that students are like clicked in their mind and they're like, ha ha ha, that's very funny. But after he told that like collection, like everybody finished you very nicely or the sudden they're running off nicely. And then I realized that. I think one of my challenges is that, like, what I know already as a body, like, as in the body world money, if I could find the ways to connect that into their normal lives, like outside of the body studio, it's like more real to them so they can really understand that in body context. So that's one of the things that I have been trying to work and then maybe make it a little funny so they can obviously remember. So that's kind of the challenging things that I've been working on. That
1: sounds really great. And would you say you also um, use some of your Pilates background when you're teaching ballet?
2: I do a lot. When I talk about muscles engagement, I think people really understand, but yeah. Pilates, it's for me, it's more of like, when I do Pilates, I think about ballet, and then when I teach ballet, I don't really think about Pilates, but when I talk about things in, but what Pilates gave me is like the anatomical terms and then the planes of the body which is really important in ballet that like, which direction you're facing with your body. So when I talk about like the center line or midline connection, I try to give them like, um, like things I learned in Pilates, like your inner thighs connecting, like your midline connections. I say that all the time when we're taking a balance, like close the fists, squeeze the inner thighs, them engaged then bring your leg up into all the chile and then they find the balance so much easier rather than try to find the balance and then like go with the bar so i think like ha- um having to learn some planes of the body in pilates and in specific muscles are very helpful in my teaching
0: that definitely makes sense and it's just so interesting like as you start teaching like you said you kind of start to observe others and find what strategies work. Right, yeah. but like kind I, of,
2: When yeah. I take you out this class, like I'm listening to the cues and I'm like, can I use that in Bali class? <laughs> yeah.
0: Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, but with your recent choreographic projects, where have you drawn inspiration with your work?
2: So I think two big... Um, inspiration sources, one is definitely music. And then the other one is dancers that I work with. Because um, I think of my choreography like um, like a building house, if that makes sense. Music gives me like a basic structure to my piece. So like the how the music repeats or how it moves on to another place that tells me that I'm doing something else. So it gives me like a basic structure of what the piece is gonna be like. And then to like decorate the house, I think I get so much inspiration from dances, like what they're good at, what they wanna do with their body, within in the body. So music and then the dance is a very really big inspiration for me.
1: And are there any other, um... Choreographers and or teachers that inspire your um, choreographic work or
2: your teaching. Adis Rao. Well, no, so here's the thing that I once I started teaching, I'm so busy with teaching that I won't be able to take other people's classes. So then there is so many times that. I'm like, oh, like when I get stuck with teaching planning, I'm like, also oh, like if I was to take Margo's class or Gino's class, like what would they say? Or like, what was their like theme over the class? So I've tried to recall the classes I have took in past to put it into my current teaching. And then I really wish that I could keep up with taking classes and then i I am taking classes with the body company, but um I don't know they are very really different levels in terms of who I teach and what I do with the company, so I feel like um. And then also when I'm taking class with the company, I'm like more focused on like getting myself ready to rehearse something after. So just like taking class for fun, I wish I could do that more often.
1: Totally. Well, that actually leads us perfectly into our next question, which is how do you balance your schedule with these various uh, dance, teaching Teaching both dance and Pilates and choreographic engagements.
2: Right. So, yeah, I have so many things on so my plate, which is really great. I like being busy. But um, I think you have to decide on your priorities. So, when you have so many things going on, everybody's going to be asking your availabilities and then, like, when are you free to do whatever they want you to do. So then, um for me at least ballet rehearsals number one and then it comes teaching and then so i only have two things but i also teach at the different places so it becomes very um busy but i think when you have like scheduled conflicts or anything like that if you know which one comes first in terms of what you want to do or like what you need that moment And if you have the list, when you have so many people asking you about same-day availability, you can say, this is what I want. If this doesn't go well, then I can do this and that and that. So I think just making a priority in terms of like what you want to do, what you need, is very important.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense to kind of prioritize um, and then go off of that. off your list, it seems like it takes a lot of reflection to begin with, but then once you kind of have that list.
2: um... Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because I, this is actually my mom's advice to me, because there's some point that I was like, I have to go to rehearsal, but I have to teach at this time, and -and so-and-so is asking for this gig, and I was like, I don't know what to do. and then. At the moment, they were all important to me. But then my mom's like, my mom told me, asked me a question. So, what do you want to do most? And then I think from that moment, I just learned to, like, list things that I want to do first, or like things that need to be done first. Then it did make my life a lot easier after that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you just need that perspective from like a little bit of a different zoomed out perspective. Um, So what advice might you have for someone that's also looking to balance a variety of different roles within the dance community?
2: Right, yeah. So my advice would be the exactly same thing as my mom, that like know which one you want to do most. And then sometimes you can ask yourself that in terms of what you're very passionate about and what you want to focus on as your career. But sometimes you have to ask like financially, what do I need most? Maybe because um, life is that way sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but there's a different perspectives in your life. And then according to which one, your list might be different. So, I would feel like, don't feel like you always have to have the same priorities. You can always shift from one to the other because life changes. And then that's like kind of how I am now because during the COVID, I was so focused on like earning money (laughs) that I did so much teaching. And then, of course, there wasn't that much of dance things. Like, kind of worked out for me. But coming out of COVID, I'm dancing a lot more, and then so my dance has become like top one priority. But my teaching is still very at the top because I like to see myself go in that teaching field, but body comes first, and then now it's the teaching. So it's kind of flipped, but I was prioritizing during COVID. So just always have a moment to like, reflect back on yourself and, just to kind of see the big picture where you are in your life with everybody else. And then, then I think everything kind of makes sense.
1: I love that. That's such good advice. Like to zoom out and see everything. Because I think we get so, or at least I do. I get so caught up in the daily like to-do list and schedule and figuring things out that like zooming out and really thinking like, what's, what do I want? Like, what's my priorities? really good advice so thank you so much for speaking mm-hmm. with us we
2: appreciate it Oh, thank you it was really fun and it's good to see you both
1: <laughs> yes um if you have further questions for Amani she would love to hear from you um you can send her a dm on instagram her instagram is just her name Amani Takeishi. and we will also put a link to this in the show notes yeah